Welcome to another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here, Travis Crins, my good friend and co-host alongside me. Travis, there's no more football. Uh, dare I say hallelujah. Oh, you got the combines, and you got this, well, and you got that, yes. and you got uh, the freshman bowl, and you got uh, you got commits, you got the, 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 the seniors, and the seniors are saying they're going to go to college. Uh, for the next six months. There you go. I, I, I should have specified no more games. No more games. More games. You, know, the, the, you got the underwear Olympics, the combine, and of course the draft, and the NFL schedule release, which I always refer to as my favorite day of the NFL offseason. But, I can um, tell you the, the, uh, the teams are going to play if you want. I, I know they're going to play, but I want, you know, it's unlike... I know. I, I just like to see the primetime games. I like to see if they're going to end up at home or not. You know what? How many four twenty or three twenty-five games they have? I mean, it's it, there's a lot to get into. But we have a lot of reaction to get to from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fifty-two in Minneapolis. So first off, kudos to the Twin Cities, marvelous job in hosting the Super Bowl. It sounded like, apart from everyone bitching about the cold, they all had a great time. So that's that's great. Uh, I have no doubt that Minneapolis will be awarded another Super Bowl here, maybe hopefully within the next fifteen or twenty years or so. But uh, uh, my doubts. I know it, it just it, it went off pretty well without a hitch. I think. No, it's not. It did went like it should have. It did went well. Yep. Oh. I, people said, I, you know, from what I heard, I think you know Mike Florio from uh, Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, said that. The radio row that they had at the Mall of America was among the most unique and probably best setups of a radio row that they've had at you know Super Bowl since he's been covering them. So that's that's great. Uh, just a, in a fantastic game. I mean, Super Bowl Fifty Two was absolutely fantastic, uh, gripping pretty much from start to finish, back and forth. We didn't have a team jump out to a twenty-eight to three lead and then blow it. Uh, no overtime, but we nearly had it, uh, and unfortunately. The Philadelphia Eagles beat the New England Patriots 41-33, to and their fans proceeded then to riot the city, break into convenience stores, loot, uh, flip over cars, start the city on fire, and eat horse shit. Sounds like a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, this this fan base is absolutely awful. The, the city of Philadelphia... Um, I'd never want to go there now. I don't know if I really wanted to to begin with. I guess I will have to at some point because I do want to visit all uh, each NFL stadium and go to a game there. But um, Well, yeah. fuck, you better get going because you don't have much time left. What do you mean? Am I dying here soon? Well, there's a lot of... Uh, what is, uh, you've been, uh, have, you, have you been to a game outside of uh, Minneapolis? I have not, no. Okay, well, you got 31 to go. Yeah. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll knock off, you know, 10, 11, 12 in one year. Well, I'm thinking, you know, once Kelsey and I retire, we rent an RV. And well, then, you know, well, you know, that's possible. You know, you just, you hit up. I mean, you could easily hit up three games in well, a weekend. Well, the problem is, well, yeah, maybe. The problem, I, w- I would like to do the same with the baseball, which is possible. The thing is, you know, the football plays once a week. Yep. And you can maybe only get, to, you know, a certain amount of games per Per year with baseball, if you wanted to with baseball, you could you could do that in a year if you oh, want to travel. No. Without question, well, I, I'm not I'm not saying I'm going to get to all thirty you know one stadiums uh, in a year. Uh, this would be but spread you would out like, over I mean, the would, Yeah, this would be a 
a process. Yes, yes. The, the, among the, the things on my bucket list, golf in Scotland, go to a Super Bowl, go to a Final Four, and go to an NFL game in each stadium. So it's it's not going to be uh, a inexpensive bucket list, that's for damn sure. But Hopefully your kid's a star at some point. I think he's a linebacker. I think I saw him make a tackle in the Super Bowl, or you know, I could just envision it 25 years from now. Uh, yeah. But this game, 17 records were broken, uh, and Nick Foles played. You know, he doubled down on the game that he had against the Vikings by outdueling, you know, Tom Brady and just torching the Patriots defense. I mean, Matt Patricia is now the Lions head coach. And he had no answers, but I think if we be if we start at the beginning here, there, you know, Malcolm Butler, the cornerback for the Patriots, he was crying during I believe it was the national anthem or you know, America the Beautiful, and people were speculating, oh, what's this mean and whatnot, and then he doesn't come out onto the field for uh, the first series. I think the guy who replaced him, his last name is Rowe. I don't know if it's Mike Rowe from Dirty Eric. Jobs. But um, it, Eric Rowe. Eric, Eric. Rowe. Well, it, it may as well have been Mike Rowe because he probably probably couldn't do it. He would have done the same Eric job Rowe. in terms of covering the Eagles wide receivers because Eric Rowe was just terrible, getting torched left and right. Uh, find out now. I mean, there are various reports as to what happened. It sounds like between an illness and a bad week of practice, maybe missing curfew and possibly some pot. Those all contributed to. Mr. Butler not playing in this game. You know, we don't know for sure how much to believe because everyone's pretty tight-lipped about it. But Butler was uh, Butler was pretty pretty upset about the whole deal. Yeah, he denies any lateness. I mean, he was sick. I think uh, Belichick just I don't know smarted himself and said he wasn't going to play this guy. Um, Mike Malcolm, I don't know. Like he's Malcolm Butler. I don't know. Is he? Seems to be a fine player, I guess. He's a starter, so he yeah. can't be awful. Um, Sioux Falls radio station, which was awful, um, didn't listen to it. Didn't, you saw they had a tweet. Uh, Three oh five today. They're going to talk about what if the Vikings had uh, had played in the Super Bowl and lost, and they didn't play Xavier Rhodes, which is just what that's uh, on, that's dumb. Know, like, on many on many on many levels, uh, a waste of time. Yeah, and. Uh, and uh, Malcolm Butler not near the level of Xavier Rose. No. So, uh, stupid and dumb to begin with. But yeah. uh, back to the Malcolm Butler thing. Like he sent out a statement today that said, you know, he wasn't late for anything. He has no idea what happened. Um, I think it was just, you know, we talked about how Saban benched his quarterback, and I thought that was a pretty bold move. I think this is similar to that. Um, but, but it doesn't make any sense because the guy that. Uh, Saban replaced with was better. Yes. This Eric Rowe, whoever the fuck this guy was, I saw that he did play with the Eagles uh, earlier in his career. Um, he wasn't any good. So you, it, it's you, bad move. This, yeah, this is on the defense. You you knew what Tua, the the Alabama freshman quarterback, had. You know, everyone was talking about how great of a presence, a, a strong arm. He's very good throwing the football. So you Saban knew what he had. In the back, it was just a matter of can the freshman beat that Georgia defense. But it felt like that was the better way to go. This, I, this, there's no way that Belichick was saying, "Oh, hey, I got a guy who 
helped win us a Super Bowl a few years back against the Seahawks. You know, sewing the game up with that interception at the one yard line. Let me, you know, bench him for reasons only known to him. And I, I think I don't know if Butler's telling the full truth, but he should tell the truth because teams are going to want to know this off season before they sign him. Hey, why did you? Why did you not play in the Super Bowl? So he better be truthful with his statement. I do think that the truth overall lies somewhere in the middle. I think there's something going on, illness. Uh, maybe he was uh, late or whatnot. But to not be told that you aren't starting prior to three hours before the game, I mean, that just that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And it cost him. I mean, Belichick's ego cost him a Super Bowl. I mean, he's the greatest of all time, but, um, I mean, he can be an asshole. There's no doubt about that. So, well, I watched the, uh, the 30 for 30 the other night with him and him and Parcells and yes. uh, some interesting stuff there. But, yeah, he, uh, he's a no-nonsense son of a gun. Um, I watched another one of those. Uh, this was a big mistake on my part. This was, uh, what, yesterday morning for, like, three minutes, one of those shows where, the, where one of the two guys scream at each other. Oh, you and, probably watched. Uh, please don't say you no, watched no, uh, we're not, FS1. We're not, saying, we're not saying names. We're just gonna we're just gonna say a show, which the people scream at each other. And uh, did they have the two letters and a number? No, we're not. Huh? Did they have two letters and a number? Two letters and a number. Like the 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 station that it was on. Probably. Okay. All one right. of the guys. The, the worst of all the of all the screamers, yes, uh, was saying, you know, Belichick, he's he's awful uh, because uh, his teams have made eight Super Bowls and have given up an average of twenty five points, and you know, the Eagles all these points, and uh, the Rams Super Bowl he gave up like four hundred and some yards, even though they only scored seventeen. And then the other guy who may have been a black tight end with looked like a horse, he was, you know, <laughs> the other point was making some sense, but this. Um, but this character that this guy plays uh, was pretty awful. At least make it somewhat believable. But um, yeah, it wasn't any good. Yeah, the defenses were bad uh, on both sides. Yes. I mean, guys were so wide open. Guys were so wide. I mean, uh, I mean, Brady had one of the great games of all time. Yes. And, and Foles played played unbelievably. Uh, but fuck, these guys were and, and Foles made some outstanding throws. But a lot of these throws, guys were wide open and not a defender to be seen no. in the screen so yeah i mean very poor very poor tom uh, you know tom brady's like average completion i think was like 15 yards or something crazy like that it might be 18 yards 18, 18. yards yeah. on 28 completions yeah. if he completes that hail mary he ties the record for most yards ever in a game by a quarterback and if he gets to overtime he probably throws for 600 yards. Yeah. So, just horrendous. I mean... You put together put together Brady's last two Super Bowls, or even his last five and a half quarters of a Super Bowl, yeah. he probably is thrown for 650 yards. Oh, easily. Easily. Uh, and I, I will say, though, that, you know, in a game that didn't, you know, have any defense hardly, and truth be told, I think that's one of the things that you can knock away from the Super Bowl and why it might not be the best of all time, is that, you know, offenses, you know, that the offense just dominated this game, that no one made a defensive play. However, the Eagles, and I, I wrote this in my blog uh, that I uh, published late Monday and posted early on Tuesday on Facebook, but, and Twitter, uh, but I said that there 
were two there was a set of two plays that won the Eagles the Super Bowl in this game and I'll get to the other set here momentarily but the Eagles made the two defensive plays of the game one the Malcolm Jenkins hit on Brandon Cooks I don't know what Brandon Cooks was doing you know I get that he's trying to you know get some yards but Malcolm Jenkins blindsides him as you know he's you know moving east west instead of trying to go up the field hit helmet to helmet it's legal but it knocks Brandon Cooks out for the rest of the game. So that's a huge weapon of Tom Brady's that he's lost. And then, of course, the one that sealed the game up, essentially, with the uh, strip sack by Brandon Graham. It was covered by, uh, what, Derek Barnett, their rookie defensive end. And, I mean, those two plays, one, or I think, you know, sealed the Eagles' victory. They, they you know, in a game that lacked defensive plays, those two were the biggest of the game. The uh, the fourth and goal quarterback catch was a big one. Um, yes, and that was the all, other set. The- I I was gonna say the other set is uh, the Nick Foles touchdown catch. You know when uh, Trey Burton, their tight end, threw it to him, and then uh, on the flip side, when Tom Brady inexplicably dropped that pass that Danny Amendola laid perfectly to him. I don't know why Tom jumped. I don't know why he jumped at all. He doesn't have to do that. If he just runs underneath it, it it's right there. He jumped. What the hell, Tom? What the hell? He's not a catcher guy. He's a bad catcher guy. Yes. I'm trying to look up what the most important play as far as, like, win probability was. Here, okay, here it is. What do we got here? There was a 32, I think it was probably the... Uh, yeah, the, the fumble, the sack and the fumble was the biggest play as far as win expectancy, however much you care about that. So that was a huge play. Uh, Cooks, like, Brady, I didn't think, played very well at the beginning. He was... Um, He's a little erratic. I thought he was under-throwing guys. Mm-hmm. Cooks, that was under-throwing. He was wide open as well. He had to come back for the ball. Um, and about, you know... You'd like to have him be hit in stride, or at least not have to come back to the ball. I, but uh, he, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Finish your thought, and then I, I'll add but to he, it. And then you know, uh, there were some drops by some receivers and some tight windows. And Brady should have probably been intercepted once or twice mm-hmm. in the game. And the one fold interception was not his fault at all. And uh, they took Alshon Jeffrey. I'll say this about uh, they got what Lattimore, the good cornerback. Um, I assume they put him on Jeffrey in the second half and shut him down. And then uh, Aguilar went crazy in the second half. So they, they, they could have used the second corner to cover one of those two guys because it was Jeffrey in the first half mm-hmm. and Aguilar in the second half. Yep. Uh, the, oh, wait, what was I going to say here now? It was Oh, yeah. It was about Tom Brady, and you said he underthrew some guys. He was under a lot of duress throughout the game. Like the, I don't think he was able to get as much into his throws because he couldn't step into every one of them. He, kept, he got hit a lot in this game, but he didn't take a sack. He, he had the one sack, I think, and that was the fumble. But I thought overall, you're right, he didn't... He didn't have as much mustard on it as we've seen, but I think he just couldn't get enough on it because he couldn't step into his throws all the time, or at least step into them all the way. What are we talking about here? Tom Brady, you, Tom Brady and it, like you said that he underthrew oh, Cooks, but I think if you looked at a lot of the deep balls yeah. that he threw, I think he wasn't able to step into it as much because the Eagles' defensive pressure 
from the front four was kept getting at him, but he was able to get rid of the ball before you know they got to him. Yeah, I suppose that's a valid, that's a valid argument right there. Yeah, I mean it was surprising that like there were no sacks in the game until the final play. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, what Harrison in the uh, in the, in the uh, halftime said something like, you know, Philadelphia they're getting pressure on Brady and making him look like a like an average quarterback. And I'm looking at the stats, and he had. I'll tell you, like 250 yards and a half. Yeah. An average quarterback. Jesus Christ, what <laughs> game are you watching, dude? Yeah, I, 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 I know. I, t- I totally get it. And, you know, you mentioned the Nick Foles touchdown catcher. He's the first quarterback in Super Bowl history to have a touchdown catch. Uh, he was the name, the MVP, and rightfully so. I mean, the two games that he put together in the NFC Championship game in Super Bowl, he'll never be able yeah. to duplicate that again. And that's possibly the best two game stretch that any quarterback ever arguably has ever had statistics well, wise not, it's go, well, not, no go, i'm that far, but. i mean statistics wise in the biggest situation here i mean that's that's very yeah, very few guys would have topped nick Foles. like he played so well that the guy that's going to start next year for that team yeah. will probably never put two games together like that no what are we got here? Three fifty, so three fifty against the Vikings and three seventy here with six touchdowns and an interception, which wasn't his fault. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hundred and twenty, thirty yards and six touchdowns. Uh, that's pretty good. Yep. That's, that's a good, good deal right there. The, the same station in which um, with the Xavier Rhodes thing, uh, they had it on Monday. I listened to him. Uh, for a very short period of time, they were so they were they were trying so hard to get somebody to call it, so hard to call us, tell us what you think about you no know, Nick Foles. This guy was all about you know Nick Foles. The Vikings have to go and Nick Foles. He should be their quarterback. And it's like all right, you can make your case, but I mean he's he's played poorly for many years, like three, four years in a row. So I'm I would say that weighs more in my decision. And him having two good games. So, I mean, it's like a, what, Cardale Jones. Like, people were saying, yeah, Cardale Jones yep. should uh, be a first-round picker. He should get because he played three good games. And mm-hmm. now what's Cardale Jones doing as a backup for whatever team he is? Buffalo, so like, I think it's yeah, Buffalo. Buffalo, somebody. So, four years of very poor play or two great games. I mean, I'll take the four years. Right, and you know, and, and Foles though to his credit, I mean, he did have twenty-seven touchdowns, two interceptions a few years back. He's got this capability to play really well. I'll be very curious to see what the Eagles do. I mean, can Howie Roseman once again work his magic and get a first-round pick for Nick Foles? I wouldn't discount that at all. I mean, I I think he can definitely get it done. There's some, there's got to be some quarterback-starved team out there. Uh, you know, maybe there's one in the then that su- that plays in the stadium where the Super Bowl was at that might just. Well, second. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying well, I want it. Would you want him? No. Would you Would you give up? What would Would you give up the thirtieth pick? No, no, I would not. No, I would. I would rather draft a quarterback in the thir- with the thirtieth pick than trade it for Nick Foles. I I, just I would, would. If you can get a first round pick, I suppose you trade him. But I would probably keep him just because of the injury to the other guy. You never know. I mean, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yep. But 
Yeah, I mean, Wentz has know, a torn ACL and LCL. I mean, he's and this happened late in the year, so you want him to come back in nine months, ten months. I mean, likely he's not but, Adrian Peterson yeah. or Dalvin Cook. That's right. He's not on HGH, so we'll. I mean, we'll see what what they do. I think they will keep him. Yep. You can trade him in season. You can trade him in season. But I think they keep him. I would agree, and I also think it would be a tough sell to a to your franchise or like to the guys like, hey, this guy won the Super Bowl. He's the Super Bowl MVP for crying out loud, and we're just going to discard him like he's nothing. Um. Yeah, I, I don't foresee that happening. But then again, you never know. Um, I didn't foresee Nick Foles win a Super Bowl, so who the, who the hell's to say? Yeah, exactly. Um, but this game, again, back and forth, the Patriots got the lead. And then I loved Philadelphia's aggressiveness. Or I, I shouldn't say I loved it, but Philadelphia was very aggressive. You you look at the fourth and goal from the one yard line where they had the the Philly Philly special, I guess, and uh, you know the the pass to Nick Foles for the touchdown, and then fourth and one from their own forty seven in the fourth quarter. You could punt it and give it back to Tom Brady, but with the way the Eagles defense had been playing, Tom Brady and the Patriots are just going to score a touchdown. I mean, or they could milk the clock and you'll never get it back. Uh, so. I mean, that's that's just a fact. And they go for it, they convert, and eventually they score a touchdown uh, t- to take the lead. And then, of course, you have the sack, and then the, the Patriots had a Hail Mary. They had a chance at the end. Gronk almost came down with it, uh, but couldn't get it done. But um, there are two touchdowns that the Eagles had in the second half that would not I have been... I will say this before that. Yeah. Before that. Um... I probably would have kicked the field goal at fourth and goal, but they yep. obviously had this play, so maybe I would change my mind if I knew that was the play they were running. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Nick Foles was the guy who said to Doug Peterson, "Hey, well, let's run this play." I saw. I saw something with Peterson. He was with Kansas City, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. And uh, Andy Reid disciple. And they ran. I saw a, a gif on Twitter of them running. The, the, the exact same play. So I'm sure that's, you know, um, something, that, something in his playbook. Mm. So that was a good, good call, you know, score touchdown. Apparently they took uh, it I'm also glad. from uh, the Bears-Vikings game uh, Week 17 last year. They that yeah, The Bears were in the same play. Yeah. And there was, uh, I, I like they went for, it was about five minutes to go. They were down by one. I mean, at that point, you... you a touchdown, you had to score a touchdown almost. Mm-hmm. Just the, way, just the way New England was driving up and down the field. Right. Uh, three points three points wasn't going to do it. But still a gutsy and, call. Um, gutsy call. And even if they don't make it and New England goes down and scores, I mean, they had a short field, so they would have scored quickly, likely, and you would have probably gotten the ball back, needing a touchdown. So even though, I mean, if you punt, I mean, you can't punt there. Because if you punt, then you may not get the ball back. So it was—I thought it was a good call there. Um, I get the last—I thought the last two and a half minutes for the Eagles were disastrous. Uh, the way they handled that, Aguilar caught a pass, went out of bounds with yep. 37 left. It was a first down. He should have stayed in bounds. That should have been the very last play before two minutes, or the or New England calls a timeout. 
Yep. Not only, you know, what the clock stops. There were literally, what was there? There was a, a change of, two changes of possession before the two-minute warning. And at that point, when it was, you know, two and a half minutes to go, they had the ball, like, what, at the 20-yard line? At that point, no way should New England have gotten the ball back. Absolutely no way right. should they have gotten the ball back. You run it all the way down, you make them use all of their timeouts. They didn't do any of those things. You get a field goal to win it. You score a touchdown. They scored way too quick, and they're very fortunate to get the strip stack, and they're yep. very fortunate that they didn't drive 90 yards in 50 seconds. Yep. I thought, uh, and obviously nobody cares because they won, but just, those are pet peeves of mine, clock management. Yep. No reason to give the ball back, and they were atrocious, atrocious in those last two and a half minutes. Yeah, and I, I'm kind of surprised, given the Eagles' aggressiveness, that they didn't try and go for it on fourth down there and, and settled for the field goal. It, granted, yes, it made it a a touchdown game and the Eagles would have had to get a two-point conversion but you're still giving the ball back to Tom Brady if you can you know pick up that first down you win the game you could take a knee so but then I I love I love getting to the eight points you cannot lose right you cannot lose if you give the ball back and I and I and, that, and I'm totally fine with that I'm just saying given their aggressiveness and the fact that you know who's on the other side of the field if they had gone for it on fourth down I would not have had a problem with it I wouldn't but um, risky. Yeah, it is. It, it is risky, but that, that's that's what they've done all year. You know, they, they've been very aggressive going for it on fourth down. They're risky plays, but they've succeeded more often than not. The Eagles, though, probably should not have had two touchdowns in the second half. One I have a major problem with. The other one, not nearly as much. These wouldn't have been touchdowns in the regular season. I have three. I have Exhibit A, I have Exhibit B, and I have Exhibit C. So the first touchdown... Uh, this is right after the Patriots score. You know, the Patriots go down the field. Brady hits Gronk, 22-19. Patriots back in this game. Eagles are moving down the field. Foles puts an absolutely beautiful pass on the mark to rookie running back Chris Clement, who, you know, got by two Patriot defenders in the end zone. He makes the catch. He gets one foot down. He gets two feet down. And then the ball shifts to his hip, and he steps out of bounds. That is an incomplete pass. The ruling on the field was a touchdown. They reviewed it. The call stood. I cannot tell you how bad that makes the NFL look because it is the whole thing with the catch is just asinine. Roger Goodell says they're going to look at it in the offseason. Uh, Steve Bashotti, the Ravens owner, came back and uh, like earlier last week before the Super Bowl and said it sucks. But... How on earth is that a touchdown? Because he is shifting the ball against his hip. He does not have full control of it at that time. I So here's exhibit A. The Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings. Adam Thielen. He catches it in the end zone corner. This is at the end of the first half. He comes down. There's a little shift in the ball. But he still looks like he maintains possession of the ball. For the most part, they called it incomplete. Later in the season, Buffalo Bills are at the New England Patriots. Kelvin Benjamin, again, another corner of the end zone. And this was even closer. Like, there was even less that you could see of the ball move than Adam Thielen. And the refs overruled it. They, they ruled a touchdown on the field. Came back and said, nope, it is not. This the, the ball that Chris Clement caught was shifting in his grasp when he stepped out of the back of the end zone. That is not a catch. You cannot, the, the, the 
catch rule is inconsistent throughout the entire season. It's been inconsistent for the last five, six, seven, ten years, maybe a decade. You cannot use the biggest game of the year to make a change. And do, it's, that's not a catch. It's not. And there is nothing that anyone can say that will make me change my mind on this. It's just not a catch. So shame on the NFL. I felt like I felt like he had control enough to where that. I would say those you know those other calls are wrong. I'd say this one is right. It, I'm so, fine with like Kelvin Benjamin. That was a touchdown. Thielen. Uh, I mean, when you saw that, you knew it wasn't a touchdown because right. it was on, on the ground or something. Like this one, I thought it was going to get overturned, but I also, I thought it should be a catch. I'm like, whatever that is, that should be a catch. And I thought, I thought that one should be a catch, regardless of the rules. There was move. I think there should, there can be movement, and you can still. I thought he had enough. He had a, like on his bicep. I thought he yeah. had it. He had control of the ball. And I, enough for my liking. So I am fine with both of those calls. I'm very happy both of them were touchdowns because I thought they should be. And I agree with you that it should be a catch, but given the inconsistency of the NFL and they say, you know, if that ball shifts, it shouldn't go. You you can't change it there. Like I, I don't get why all of a sudden it is a catch in the Super Bowl and it's not in Week 15. I, I get that sometimes referees call games differently it, from the playoffs, you know, from the regular season of the playoffs, it happens in football. It certainly happens in basketball. I'm sure it happens in that. I think it happens in hockey too. But you can't do that in this situation. So I agree with you that the it should have been a catch, but it's it's not a catch given what has happened throughout the entire season. That's the biggest problem I have with it. All right, here's the rule. Did he get control of the ball with his hands or arms before the ball touched the ground? Yeah, the ball never touched the ground. Okay. Did he get two feet in? He did. Uh, did he maintain control of the ball? That's... That's where maybe no. That is the big debate because you can see the ball move and shift against his body there. And it, it's different than you just like bringing it into your grasp. That ball moves. And that is the part that I think, because once when he juggles that in, that next foot steps out of bounds. So that, to me, would signify, given what the NFL has called this year, that, that to me, says that's an incomplete pass. The Des Bryant catch was a catch. Yes, it was. Watching it now, he caught it one foot, two foot, three feet. He dives for the end zone, comes about a foot short of the end zone, and the ball comes loose. Which is like Zach Ertz had on that game-winning touchdown. And again, Ertz caught it. He took three steps. He dove or tripped over a defender, and he dove 10 feet from the three-yard line to the end zone. That, again, I think is a catch. He, he had the ball. Like, But, I again, this, I will... This, this has not been an issue. This was not an issue for a long time. I don't know why they changed it. They changed the rule for some reason. Yep. The Calvin Johnson thing, of, of all the plays that have ever been disputed, the, the original one with Calvin Johnson is probably the worst. Yes. Because he catches it, he clearly has possession, he's like getting up because he scores and he like drops the ball on purpose yep. because the play is done and they go, no catch. I mean, yep. that is 
ridiculous with that one. With and, that, that one. and that's a week one game against the Bears, and that's what's transpired this whole thing. And that's why I can't remember if it's been a decade or so since that that play Pretty happened. Close. But it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it no, it absolutely is, and I mean, I completely agree with you here. That that catch, and then the Des Bryant uh, catch against Green Bay in the playoffs there that should have been ruled to catch him was it? it. It's just it's completely ridiculous. Now regarding the Ertz play, I, I will give you Exhibit C. Week fifteen, Patriots at Steelers. Roethlisberger throws to Jesse James. He turns around. I mean, he's at. Granted, he's at the two, so he doesn't take as many steps. Or as big as steps as Zach Ertz does. But he has control. He turns around. He dies for the end zone. He gets across, but he loses control in there when he hits the ground. That ball squirts out, and they ruled it incomplete. That, again, it looks like Ertz was more of a runner than Jesse James was. But it's still so close to that play. If you rule that incomplete, what are why are you ruling this complete? And again, I don't have nearly as big a problem with the Ertz call than I do the Chris Clement call. And again, in a perfect world, that's a catch by Clement, and I'm not going to complain about that. But given how the NFL has ruled, and I think Al Riveron, the NFL head of officiating, or he oversees the replay review in New York, the NFL has announced that he's coming back. I think he should be fired. He should have been fired right on the spot after the Super Bowl said, you're done. We can't have this. And somehow he's he's going to keep his job. He's not very good at it. He doesn't do a good job explaining it. And he, it, you know, even on like the the review on his review show on what Tuesdays after each week is done, he he's routinely not been able to describe or. What is this on the NFL Network? Or uh, this is on the NFL Network. Yep. Um, he yeah. is uh, routinely not been able to like really justify the why a call either stood or was overturned. So, again, I, I agree with you that in a perfect world, in a perfect NFL world, those two plays are catches. But given what transpired throughout the regular season, you for sure can't call that Chris Clement a touch or catch a touchdown. The Ertz one, I don't have as big a problem with, but you do see the Jesse James one. You just YouTube it. It's it's there. And you would say, yeah, they both should be touchdowns. But if one isn't, I don't know how the other one is. That's the only, that's the thing that bugs me the most about this. I'm happy they were both touchdowns, regardless of what the rules. Uh, they got to figure it out. It's it's embarrassing. It is. Um, do you agree with me though? That do you see why I'm having such a big issue? Yeah, with I, it? I can see. Well, I like I said, I thought that the Clement one was going to be overturned. Yeah. Because of what I had, but then they didn't. So it's like, well. You set a precedent, and now you're going against that. But ultimately, I'm glad that they finally got it right in the sense of okay, that, that this makes sense. Uh, like going to the, the going to the ground thing, I don't like that. Uh, once you're out of bounds, or once your knee is out, down, once you're considered down, that should be the end of the play. Unless you're juggling the football, though. Sure. If you if you have possession before that and you lose it after that, it's not a catch. Uh, well, I think it should be. As long as you have possession and you're down, I don't care what happens after that. It's like uh, if you're reviewing a play, like there's there's differences between runners and like running backs and receivers, and I don't think there should be. I don't I don't like any of it. It all sucks. Yep. And 
it's 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 an embarrassment. Ratings are down. They're they're still great and fantastic. Yep. They continue. To, and I hope they go down forever. So. Well, and yeah. I think there are a combination of uh, of things that play here. I think the fact that there was an Eagles Patriots Super Bowl. This, by the way, is the tenth most watched program of all time. Nine yeah. of the top ten are Super Bowls. One hundred and three point four million watched it, so it's still a great number. Uh, TV is. TV viewership has dropped in recent years here, so this is not just strictly an NFL thing, but it's across the board. People are going more to like Hulu or Sling or you know some of these other channels here. Uh, of course, I think the anthem thing that uh, you know the that T Rump uh, keeps pushing out there, T Rump uh, that he keeps pushing out there. I think that certainly discouraged a lot of people in the South. I have to imagine that they were the ones who. Uh, Probably didn't. I mean, this has not been talked about a lot, but how do you feel that the first mentally disabled man is president? Well, the, no, oh, no, no, I'm not. I'm not touching that. I will uh, give whatever you want to touch. I'll touch it twice. <laughs> Amazing that a mentally disabled man came president. Wow. What a country! What a country! You can be when they said you hey, can be anything. They his, weren't. They his, weren't joking. His doctor. They weren't joking. His doctor gave him a full bill of, bill of health. But I also yeah, think he's fucking. Uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, so yeah. Anyways. Um, I do think also that the that people weren't excited about Patriots Eagles. They weren't. This well, is here's the thing. Like, I, I I quit watching. I I think I watched every playoff game. I, I couldn't watch Eagles Falcons, but I would have if I could have. I watched every playoff game, which I think for the first time ever I've ever done that. And they were good games, um, weren't they? For the most part. For the most part, they were good. Like the regular season, I, I, mean, I just didn't care. Second year in a row, I didn't care. I even missed a Viking game because they're playing the Browns at 8.30. I don't give a shit about that. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but games have not been good. Play has not been good. There's no reason to watch. I mean, it's, it's not good. It's not been good for a while. And I think in maybe a couple of years, it finally caught up with, with them. Yep. I, mean, I mean, when you have... But ten to three playoff games. Yes, it's not good. These no. games are bad. Yep, but that's ultimately why I think. Now you have dubbed this the best Super Bowl of all time, correct? It's I. I this is yeah the most entertaining. Something was going on at all. There were no lulls in this game. There was no. Right. Well, the first three quarters were bad, but the finish was the best thing we ever. I mean, this was from top to bottom. Every I don't know if this has happened in a Super Bowl. I could look it up. Every team or both teams scored in every quarter. Yeah, I can't imagine that has happened in a Super Bowl before. Well, it's never happened I with just, the Patriots uh, Super Bowl. No. Uh, you know, because they finally scored in the first quarter for the first time in the Brady Belichick era. And the thing about it was, like, they were down what fifteen to six yep. at the worst. Yep. And and before last year, no team had ever come back down more than ten points. Yeah. So that was, I mean, and, and everybody was watching the game, like I'm sure I was. Yeah, they're on 15 to 6. Don't give a shit. Yeah, they're going to come back and win. Yep. Or 6 or whatever the hell the score was. Yep. They were down double digits when it had never happened. No team had ever come back down more than 10 points before last year. And they almost did it twice. Yeah. No, it, it, you're right. I mean, it was, it was very good. And I think overall it's great. I think the best ending that I've ever seen was... Super Bowl? In a Super Bowl. Yeah. No. I think it was last year. I'll, I'll pick last year. I don't I can't say that was the best ending though because Pittsburgh, probably Pittsburgh and, and Arizona would be a close second. 
I would agree that Pittsburgh, Arizona is right up there. I'm going to go Rams, Titans, just because Kevin Dyson yeah. is one yard shy of, of, for all intents and purposes, tying the game. Because you, know, you just got to kick a 19 yard extra point to tie the game and force overtime. Um, that, to me, for my money, I would put that Rams Titans Super Bowl. I, I I probably have it higher than most, but that's a that's one of the all time greats to me that I've seen. Rams Titans. Rams Titans. Yes. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. That was a what I remember a pretty boring game. But the Rams that year had this offense. Yeah. But they beat Tampa like eleven to six. But that was number one offense versus number one defense. Yeah. So but they'll just try 11 points, do something. <laughs> and then this game here, I remember the long touchdown. Was it Isaac Bruce? Yes. Like an 80-yard touchdown. And Warner set the record at the time with like 410, 20 yards. Yeah, I think 434. It was, 20, it was what, 16-16 in the fourth quarter. I'm like, where the hell is this offense? And then I thought it was a boring game, but yeah, it was a good finish. So, uh, this one, though, definitely ranks up there here. Uh, you know, Leslie Odom Jr. did very good in Singing America, uh, The Beautiful. I saw that person's name. Like, this is the person that's going to sing this song. I thought it was a woman. I never heard of I don't know who the hell this person was. He's in the guy who sings the Nationwide commercials. Good for him. I still don't know who that guy is. Apparently, they're the same guy, according to you. Yeah. Some guy named Leslie. I thought it was a woman. Leslie Odom. Um, no relationship to Lamar, I don't think. But uh, maybe. Uh, yeah, he's hit it. And then Pink, she was sick, but she sang the national anthem very good. If you had the under at two minutes, uh, minute 54. So uh, you made some money there in the prop bets. And then, um, you know, Justin Timberlake. I thought the halftime show was fine. I thought it was very cool that they lit up the city in purple. And then, you know, having the, the prince in the background there and then Video singing that song. On a bed sheet? Yeah, I mean, that's a very big bed sheet. But uh, I thought that was okay. I mean, so I didn't hate it. Um, it's not one of my all-time favorites. But I thought there were moments that were really cool, like, say, lighting up the city and uh, and, and the, the prince in the background there on that song. Like compared to recent years, it wasn't nearly as good as recent years because you had Lady Gaga jumping and falling and whatever else she did last year. Katy Perry riding in on a tiger. Like a 60-foot tiger, which was amazing. I mean, you had... And I, I watched this and... Like, you really couldn't understand what he was saying. I mean, you, you, you know all the songs. You could understand what the hell he was singing. Yeah. He was walking around. It was... I didn't like it. No, I, think it was, I didn't think no Janet Jackson uh, wardrobe malfunction though, so that's that's great, I guess. Um, and then I thought the commercials—I thought this was the best set of you know the best set of commercials that we've seen in the last decade. Tide was very good. I thought Sprint was excellent right away with the you know the little robot telling the his coworker that you know or the the guy that he's got a dumb face and you know the guy's like oh I had to switch from Verizon to Sprint because my coworkers were making fun of me I thought that was fantastic Danny DeVito in the M&M's uh commercial that was great how about uh Peter uh, Dinklage uh better known as Tyrion from Game of Thrones and Doritos and Morgan Freeman uh from Mountain Dew so I thought overall the collection of and you know you have Jeep in there that you know you have Dodge Ram made fun of the Vikings 
Uh, I thought overall this was the best set of commercials that I've seen probably in the last decade. I enjoyed the tag commercials the most. There were uh, a lot of them. Eli Manning was good. Oh, yes, yes. Apparently the people from one list I saw people like the Alexa commercial, apparently. Yep. From Amazon. Yep. <clears throat> I will, uh, I don't have a clue. What was your favorite commercial last year? Because I don't remember a single one. Um. I, I, I think I will remember Eli Manning. I think I will, will remember Tide. Uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. one, people hated it. I cannot remember a single commercial. For was last, it, wasn't there year. some guy that was talking about an old pickup or something last year, and it was, you know, black and white and... A what? A pickup? Yeah, the the yeah, and the the commercial was shot in black and white, and there. Have no idea. Ask Boots, Robin Robin Ask Boots, he he'll yeah, remember. Shit. shit, like you, I I don't remember many commercials from years ago. I remember some of the big ones, but most mostly they're they're just there if you remember them for a few days, and then. You move on. But like, Ty, I like that yeah. because it was creative and you didn't you didn't see any of them coming. Right. There was one commercial and then, oh, that, see, that was that was good. Yep. And uh, good. You, I think this is great because uh, they, they need to spread the word that it's not okay to eat Tide Pods. Though maybe the people of Philadelphia could use that in their mouth uh, rather than eating horse yeah. shit. So, I mean, there, uh, there you they go. Do, they'll, they'll eat both. Yeah, eat, eat all the Tide Pods you can in Philadelphia. Eat them all. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We we uh, endorse Tide Pod eating if you're a native Philadelphian. Uh, so yeah, uh, Super Bowl though very good overall. Any other final thoughts? No, that's about it. Okay. I mean, um, no tons of pregame stuff. Didn't really see any of it. I mean, it just with uh, with football, with all the with all the pregame stuff. And, you know, all this is going to happen, or if this happens, this is my keys to the game and all of this bullshit. But ultimately, it ends up with Brady dropping a pass, which they maybe would have picked up, I don't know, 15, 20 yards. Yep. Nick, Nick Foles catching a pass, which nobody saw coming. Just, I mean, you can talk about it and break it down, but ultimately none of it matters because you have no idea what's going to happen. Right. So... That's, 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 that is sports. Yes, it is. I mean, St. John's beat Duke, for Christ's sake. <laughs> they snapped an 11. Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that here momentarily. Snapped an 11-game losing streak. A couple other final notes here. Uh, Gronk, his, he sounds like he might not uh, play next year. Uh, he's, he's had a lot of injuries, so it would be totally understandable, but that's a dynamic part of the Patriots' offense. That has gone. Matt Patricia has been named the Lions head coach. And uh, news that just broke a few minutes before we started the podcast here. Josh McDaniels has withdrawn his name from the Indianapolis Colts head coaching job. Uh, that's rather stunning. So he will remain with the Patriots. So you thought maybe there would be a you know a, a chink in the armor uh, with this dynasty potentially coming to an end for the Patriots. But no, Josh McDaniels is staying and the, and the Colts are left out in the cold. Um... That that's not good. It's not good for the Colts, but it's a it's a huge win for the Patriots to keep Josh McDaniels. And uh, you know, assuming that Gronk 
decides to come back and hopefully he gets his stuff back. His house was robbed after the Super Bowl, so that's not good. But, um, yeah, that's uh, some breaking news right before we started taping this podcast that uh, Josh McDaniels no longer wants uh, to be the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, it sucks for them. Uh, New England's favorite again next year to win the whole thing. I don't, I don't think they will, though. I, oh, I, I think they will get there, yes. My Super Bowl pick for next year is San Francisco against New England. Oh, that would be you know great. Oh, boy, Tom Brady against Jimmy Garoppolo. That's great. Uh, my early my early thought is uh, either Houston, New Orleans, or Houston, Green Bay. I will go Houston, New Orleans right now, though. So. Houston, New Orleans, one more time for Breeze. Drew Breeze! Breeze! If that's assuming, I mean, we don't know what... Is going to transpire in free agency or the draft. That, oh, here's the deal. That'll swing, and then plus injuries in training camp and mini camps. You know something's going to happen, and that's going to sway your opinion before we officially make the predictions here at the beginning of September. Well, here's the deal. Okay, let's say we were, you know, one year ago today, we were probably doing a show and talking about, you know, the greatness of New England coming coming back on Atlanta. Yep. And if we said, what, what do we think is going to happen in next year's Super Bowl? If I were to tell you, yeah, it's going to be Nick, Nick Foles is going to be the quarterback. He's going to win the game. They're going to beat Brady. Uh, Case Keenum's going to lead the Vikings to the to the NFC Championship game. Uh, Blake Bortles and Jacksonville, they're they're going to goddamn near beat the Patriots. I mean, ugh, ridiculous. Yeah. So fucking ridiculous. It is. But so like this year, like this year, you could literally like what what is that scenario for next year? All right, let's say, you know, you got the Packers or the Patriots in there. But let's say you've got, I don't know, you can go, yeah, San Francisco's going to make the NFC title game. they got a quarterback that's doing well. Uh, yeah, the, the, the Jets are going to make the AFC title game uh, because the Jets have some fucking dude. The Jets have, who, Bryce I Petty. don't know. Bryce Petty. No, some, some guy, some... You know, Case Keenum, Nick Foles type guy. Give me a Jeff Fisher quarterback. I don't know. (laughs) Mark Bolger's coming out of retirement. Who? Like, who's some well-known backup? Like, uh, I don't know. Oh. um, Like, Like Matt Chavez. Like, Brett Hundley? Brett Hundley? No, like somebody that... That's... I don't know. Oh, that's good? I don't know. Ryan Fitzpatrick is with Tampa Bay still. Yeah, sure. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to go back to the Jets, and, and he's going to go to the AFC title game. And then, you know, somebody on the NFC side, like, yeah, it's going to be, you know, Drew Santon leads the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, Drew Santon leads the Cardinals uh, to the goddamn Super Bowl. I mean, that's how ridiculous this year was. Yep. That's what next year would be. I mean, how stupid, you dumb, dumb shit like that. But that's the beauty of sports, though, I guess. It's the beauty of sports. Xavier and Butler, they're playing a hell of a game right now. Tennessee and Kentucky trying to play just the dog shit of a first half. At least, hope they break 60 here. And, and, and ugh, just some poop. Real poop out there. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into college yeah, basketball Kentucky here. Kentucky and Tennessee, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> so bad. So did t- Kentucky. What a shit team. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I know. They, they are not very good. That's uh, not like other good years. Oh, so, 
Yeah. Um, I, I, there, quick talk here on Kirk Cousins. Uh, Kirk Cousins. Apparently, that uh, there is something that uh, that K fan threw out there um, that they had a source that said that Kirk Cousins wants to be like the Vikings are his number one option. Again, I will only take Kirk Cousins if he does not break the bank. If they could, if the Vikings can get him for five year, eighty million, I would be okay with that. Uh, that but, would be him taking. I mean, what did he make this year? Twenty three million. Yeah, yeah, twenty three, twenty four million. So yeah, I mean, it'd be taking a pay cut. But I—that's I, the only yeah. way I want him. It's the—that's the only way that I want Kirk Cousins is if it doesn't cost the Vikings everything. Because they need to re-sign Anthony Barr. We'll see. I mean, I, I assume they're going to re-sign Terrence Newman. Hopefully, Brian Robinson will, will come back for another year. Um, I mean, Newman, yeah, Robinson, you know, he's old. They've signed Harrison Smith. They've signed Everson Griffin. So those are the two guys. They, what they, I believe they signed Xavier Rhodes. So they have the three, the three best guys, I think. Well, and they need to keep Kendricks. Sure, they can sign all of them. Like with the NFL contracts, give give them whatever twenty year yeah. contracts, yeah, five hundred million. What give them whatever? They're numbers. They're not real numbers. So give a gift if 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 you think he's the guy, give him give him whatever. Five years, one hundred and fifty million. I don't give a shit because in, in three years he's not going to be there. Yeah, anymore, but so. but but look at what's happened in Seattle when they had to break the bank for Russell Wilson. Uh, it's caused some of their defensive pl- them not to be able to sign some of their defensive players, and uh, you, you saw it happen this year that Seattle just couldn't get a lot done. By the way, you're right. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Yes, injuries were a part of it, but still, they. I mean, they they couldn't get a good offensive line help because they don't have a lot of money to 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 spend on the offensive line outside of the defense and Russell Wilson. Yeah, they don't. Well, for me, like I'm not, I'm not too hung up on the contract because I'm, you know, again, one of my pet peeves are NFL contracts. They're not worth anything. Right. They're 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 one year deals. So if Kirk Cousins goes out there, game one breaks his neck. I mean, oh, that's, you know, no, well, we don't want that. Um, well, well, for whatever team he plays sure. for, obviously he's not seeing a penny past right. uh, past a, a year or two. So. By the way, you're, you're right. This uh, Xavier Butler game is tremendous. Back-to-back games now that Xavier will be in overtime. They beat Georgetown in overtime here. Uh, so yeah, that's the that's the it. Uh, that's the end of our NFL talk for now. I'm sure we'll talk about it later on the season. Uh, before we get there to... was one team. There's one team that's played. I think it's Wyoming. That's played six overtime games and they and they played three in a row. Holy cow! They played they played like nine overtime periods. They played thirty five extra minutes. They played the equivalent of almost one extra game just in overtimes. Damn! That's wild. That's tremendous. Good good job, Cowboys. Good job. By the way, uh, Mike Dom's mom, I believe, is in the Wyoming Women's Basketball Hall of Fame or uh, the Sports Hall of Fame there. So uh, very good. Yes, uh, we'll get to college basketball here in just a moment. Uh, NBA trade deadline coming up on Thursday. Anything that you're really uh, looking at? Tyreek Evans. I like, I like it when they just take the guys off the court and they don't play him for like a week. Oh, we're, we're, we're trying to trade this guy, so we're just not going to play him so he doesn't get hurt. That's uh, nice of Tyreke them. Tyreek Evans. Huh? That's nice of them. 
That's nice. Now, Kyrie Kevin, he's, I don't know what he's with, like, I don't know, New Orleans or Sacramento. He's with Memphis. He's with Memphis, even better. Uh, my Memphis squad, so they're going to trade him, hopefully, you know, Boston or some goddamn team that could use a guy. Cleveland? Uh, sure, Cleveland. Yeah. Miritich, uh, I think they, got, they finally got that deal done. So yes, yep, he's with New yeah. Orleans. Um, Kemba Walker's yep. mentioned as a possibility he could leave your Charlotte squad for... Um, All-Star? For guy on the All-Star team averaging like 13-8 and eight because Boston's good. Um Kimba Walker's averaging like 22. He was an all-star last year. He should be one this year. 22 points um, over three rebounds, almost six assists a game. You're absolutely right. He should be in. Not much Not much for trades this year. No. Thankfully, like, it seems like we talked about or like Carmelo Anthony every every goddamn year. Yep. Thankfully. No. Yep. Uh, the one thing is uh, this is our weekly segment where we have to talk about the panic yep. in Cleveland. And it is... It's growing. It's, it continues to grow. They're playing Orlando on Tuesday night. They play Minnesota Wednesday night. You'll, you'll see if they can right the ship here a little bit. But I tell you what, Chris. Oh, my God. They were ahead of Orlando. Oh, my heavens. They were ahead of Orlando. They put up 43 points in the first quarter. Cleveland did. They put up 67 in the first half. Orlando outscored them 41-22 in the third. Orlando had to be down, I don't know, 15, 20 points. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah, this Cleveland's bad. Amazing. I'm telling they're you. They're a terrible team. They're I, a terrible I'm team. I'm telling you right now, of course they're going to play on, on prime. They played Minnesota on prime time, so uh, they've lost seven or eight straight. Now I think seven straight in nationally televised games. I'm sure they'll they'll snap the streak against the Timberwolves because what team doesn't snap a streak against a Minnesota sports team? But uh, I'm telling you, I the the cause for concern and alarm in Cleveland is incredibly high, and it will not shock me when this team misses the playoffs because that's the they are in a downward spiral. Detroit's getting hot with Blake Griffin in there. You got Philadelphia, who you can't discount. I'm telling you right now, Krenz, Cleveland, if they don't watch out, they are going to be on the outside looking in no, at the playoffs. No, no. Yes? No. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 I watched the game Saturday. On I like that ABC here is putting games on. Why uh, did you punish yourself year. with that? Why didn't you watch like no, a good college basketball game? There, Because there wasn't any on Saturday night. Uh, Xavier Georgetown? Not at 7.30 at night. Oh, I this, think it, this was an absolute slaughter. This, it was. Houston, Houston went into that game. You look at it, you think, if, if this game makes any fucking sense, Houston should win by 30. And they won by 30 points. Because they're the second best team out there. And yeah. they're shooting three, and, and they're killing this goddamn team. They're ahead by 30 points. Four minutes into the second half, just a damn slaughter. Mm-hmm. It was perfect. It was a rare case in which a game actually went the way a game should have freaking went. Just uh, Chris Paul was great. I like him, but he played fine. Uh, James Harden was fine. Just a goddamn slaughter. It was. I mean, they're, they're, they're making the playoffs, but you know they're probably not winning fifty games. Um, but this team is so goddamn bad defensively. Yes. So goddamn bad. They lose Kevin Love now for, what, six weeks as he broke his hand? Six, six to eight weeks, yep. Oh, they're so defensively. They are so, so bad. Then you play Houston, who's 
probably the best offensive team, and they just they throttled them. They murdered this team. Well, shouldn't we have the seen Timberwolves? Like, Timberwolves should beat this team by fifteen points. They should. Well, last but... time they played, last time they played, what they beat them by like three. 30, yeah, but the, you know what? Here's the difference. This is You're talking about a Timberwolves team that's lost to Orlando, Atlanta, and Brooklyn all on the road. I mean, that's... Yeah, Cleveland's going to lose to Orlando tonight. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. The Timberwolves are better than that. They are. Uh, so that that's disappointing here for sure. But, yeah, that, I'm telling you right now, Cleveland not looking very good. You know who else isn't looking very good? Um you know, Cleveland's playing in Orlando right now. Further south, though, the Miami Marlins uh, apparently are a Major League Baseball team. I am working on, you know, I have sources that are trying to confirm that for me. Uh, they fired Billy uh, the Marlin, the guy who's been Billy the Marlin for 14 years. They fired him on Tuesday. Um, if, as if you needed any additional bad PR. Like, why what the hell would you let this guy go? I guess they aren't saying they're firing him, but uh, they, they obviously aren't retaining him. I mean, what the hell are they doing? Miami can Miami is the trump of teams. They make every they make every decision they make is the poss, worst possible decision you can make. <laughs> like what? Okay, give me a. They would say, give me a situation, and I'll, I'll take the worst possible outcome, or first possible decision. And this is what will actually happen. That's how poor it is. They get rid of all their players, a team that was okay. And when you, you become a sports owner, so you can make a lot of money, yeah. and then in the future, sell the team for much more than you paid for it. So, I mean, they, I mean, I would be in it to win games. That would be cute. I would probably lose money if I was worth $2 billion. I would take maybe a hit. Yep. I could win some games. But obviously, this, this is not what this... Ownership group is for. This is far too early, of course, because they're just in the infancy stages of the of you know the new ownership here. But it, it unless something changes drastically, I don't think we're going to see an improved Marlins team that's going to compete for division titles or or playoffs, anything like that. Hopefully, I'm wrong because I, I the, the good people, the Dan Lebetards of Miami, deserve a competent Marlins team. But given what the the Marlins are doing right now, given what the front office is doing, does this tarnish Derek? Jeter's legacy at all? I would say maybe a little bit. Okay. Usually, like Michael Jordan was not very good. He hasn't been good with Charlotte. Uh, he was off with Washington. Yes. On the ground, for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A. Uh, not great. Uh, my, my, uh, Magic Johnson, not great. Um, Larry Bird was, I mean, he was a pretty good coach. They had success when he was a coach. He's done pretty well with Indiana. But a lot of the time, the great players, I mean, Jerry West has done great. Not all the time does the best player to make the best owner. I mean, Le- LeBron, yeah, so-so. But, I mean, he is, he's, I mean, this, he's playing GM and point guard for the, the Cavs right now. He is the franchise. GM coach, he is the owner, he is everything. Yes. Um, this is a bad start to Derek Jeter. I mean, look at Derek Jeter and A Rod. Everybody loves A Rod now. Um, hey, he's Jeter at the Super Bowl. Is, is a joke. Jeter's a joke. Yep, he is, no doubt. Um, speaking of baseball, Irvin Santana out ten to twelve weeks. 
had surgery on a finger. That's not good for the Twins pitching. So that means you better throw all that money at you, Darvish. He still remains unsigned. Uh, sounds like the players' union is very upset with the essentially the free agent freeze this year. Um, I, I got to admit, Krenz, this is not looking good for baseball. Uh, spring training starts next week. Or pitchers and catchers report next week. Okay. And um, I think uh, we're going to go into March, is what I think, uh, with with some of these guys, which isn't good. I think you Darvish thing, he goes with the Cubs. Uh, Brewers making big moves, they're good. I think the Twins end up with Lance Lynn. He's a guy, he's fine. Um, but yeah, this sucks for Irv. He probably missed the first month this season. And uh, season starts like a week earlier, so even worse. So that means Barrios can't get up to a good start. Whoever they sign for a pitcher, I have him be very good. Um, Kyle Gibson's going to be pitching, which isn't ideal. Um, so they've got guys, uh, Mejia, fat left-hander, Hispanic guy. So they've got guys. I think they, I like the bullpen guys they signed. they got to sign a pitcher. I don't think they're going to finish over 500. Um, I think uh, some guys take a step back. Sure, like Rosario. Uh, Sano is going to get suspended. I would. I wish they would suspend him now, so they know is it going to be twenty games, thirty games. What is it going to be? But I think a lot of guys are going to take a step back, and guys like Buxton or Kepler will do better. But ultimately, I mean that division is awful. Look, Chicago and Detroit. You have to win at least thirty games against those two teams. So maybe that props the Twins up. I'd say, you know, 80 wins is what I would go with. All right. Uh, Tennessee looks like they're going to beat Kentucky here, so let's switch. Oh, that. Not, not so fast. Not so fast. Hey, wait a second. They, they got to 60, though, so that's great. So um, let, <laughs> let's switch our let's switch over to college basketball now. Uh, you know, we're getting closer and closer to March. Uh, a month from tonight, or a, mar- a month from Tuesday, oh, is the Summit heavens. League Championship oh, game again, between USD and SDSU. Uh, that's what I'll predict. Uh, I mean, listen, SDSU is torturing kids right now. USD is also doing it. I mean, these guys are on a collision course. It would be an upset if both of them did not make it to the championship game. But that aside, a lot of upsets on Saturday. Kansas loses that home to Oklahoma State. Uh, what, Oklahoma lost to Texas. That's not a, like as big a deal. I know I'm missing another one in here. Uh Oh yes, yeah. How could I forget St. John's beating Duke? Um, so you had a lot of big time upsets on Saturday. Uh, made for a very good day of watching college basketball. I was fascinated by this Boise State UNLV team because Boise State's on the bubble. I'm trying to get a hold of some of these bubble teams here. I'm trying to watch, you know, the the Seton Halls, the Villanovas, the Purdues. Seton Hall, I um. Yeah, a lot, a lot of bubble teams. I thought there, there were no, I don't think there was a single game between two ranked teams this weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm looking through that here. Um, there was about to be, I mean, there, there was going to be some upsets. Yes. Um, Rutgers damn near beat Purdue. Yep. That was a two-point game. Uh, Indiana damn near beat Michigan State. Yep. Georgetown almost beat uh, Xavier. Yep. Tons. Washington did beat Arizona late. San Diego almost beat St. Mary's? Well, there we go. Just tons of uh, tons of pretty good games. 
Uh, let's see. What did I? Say? Oh, Arizona lost to Washington. Um, uh, let's... Minnesota needed overtime to beat Michigan. Uh, Alabama beat the shit out of Florida. That was a close game the first half and a half. Yeah. First thirty minutes. Yep. And then I look up and it's a it's a two point game. And then I look up and it's a, a fifteen point game. Like, ooh, look at that. <laughs> Missouri beat Kentucky. Wasn't yep. much of an upset. But it's big do. for Missouri's yeah. tournament resume, though. Uh, Virginia yeah. beats Syracuse 59-44, but then Syracuse goes back and beats Louisville on Monday night. I don't want to see the Qs, the Qs in the tournament, but I think that that win over Louisville will certain. I think that could be what gets them over the hump, assuming they, you know, don't lose a lot more games down the stretch here. Um, but yeah, that, that, West I mean, Virginia, Kansas State was another game where Kansas State was hanging around. They were within like 10. Yep. And then you look up again and West Virginia's up by 30. You're like, wow, what happened here? So. Yeah. Um, yeah let's see. I oh. watched a little bit of Oklahoma and Texas. I don't know. Like, Trey Young takes so many terrible shots. Uh, Texas, you know, I, said, I think I... And the three-point shooting has gotten has gone down dramatically. Don't take so many long shots. You're not you're not Steph Curry. So I watched a little bit of that. Um, since it, I picked Cincinnati for the Final Four at the beginning of the thing, and, and that's looking good. Yep. This team, I mean, they're not playing great. I mean, Connecticut's terrible. They played Central Florida. It's okay. It is difficult. It is difficult to score twenty points in the first half. I mean, against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I mean, you'll see some of the scores of their games with like five minutes to go yep. in the first half, and it's like twenty-one to seven, or you know, twenty-one to five. It's like, what the shit is going on? What watch okay. that the SDSU will get them, assuming they win the Summit League. Oh. Just that would suck. Uh, Texas Tech blew the doors off of TCU. I hope TCU makes the tournament, but this Texas Tech team can certainly score and a team now that I really have to pay attention to I want to learn more about them this Bryce Brown and Auburn Auburn is just annihilating people and I think I mean they're right now on the two line right now if we're looking at bracketology they're killing kids I hope Kentucky doesn't make the tournament that would give me much joy if Kentucky I mean they've got seven losses right now yeah I mean, they're going to lose at least one more. Yep. If not two or three, they may have ten losses. Can we maybe look like Kentucky might be like an eight seed here? I hope they hope they lose a lot. It it speaks something to the bubble this year that Marquette is thirteen and ten, and yet they are like one of the first four out. Like, how the hell does that happen? I like uh, they're entertaining to watch. I watched them against Villanova the prior weekend. Uh, that was a lot of points. They played some, but Marquette. Oh, Villanova! I've been watching some Villanova. They played. They played Seton Hall on Sunday. This is Fox yes. uh, Villanova game of the week on Sunday at noon or at eleven a.m. Yep, as much appreciated. So I like Seton Hall. I suck with them, and then uh, Villanova ran away at the end there. But Seton uh, Hall's got a very talented team. They, you know, they got uh, Angel Delgado. Um, they have a Rodriguez kid, I believe. Uh, this team's good. They sometimes though uh, I have issues with their scoring, and it seems like once a run happens, they check out, 
and they have some issues with the free throw line. How impressed are you with Villanova? Are you starting to get on this Villanova train here for this year? Well, I mean, they're, they're a very good team. I mean, Brunson, their point guard, he runs the show. They got one injury to the one guy, so that's not good. Uh, but, I mean, they can score. 80-85, uh, they can score with anybody. So, I mean, that's exciting. They were showing some like the Seton Hall upsets of Villanova the last couple of years. Like, they won the state, or the uh, Big East tournament one yes. year. It was like a 56-54 game. Yep. Or 54-50. I don't like that Villanova. That Villanova is disgusting. Um <laughs> But, but this is a lot better. Um, obviously, I'm not going to trust them to go to the Final Four because you just can't uh, based and, on their history. And because I mean, we won't they're, they're pick the them, ones. they're, they're going to make it. Virginia is the team that I hate. Oh, Virginia yes. Is the Trump. yes. Virginia is the Trump of this bracket. Just the worst. What if Virginia and Cincinnati played? Would it be first one to 40 wins? That'd be a fucking struggle. I mean, you're looking at some of the over-unders on these games. Uh, Villa, I think Virginia and the Q's, the over-under was at 113. Ouch. And they didn't even hit it. And, and they didn't hit it. I did a, well, Mitchell and Spearfish girls basketball played also on Saturday. They scored one more point than Virginia and Syracuse. Wow. That's um, good. That's disgusting. Um, and, and the Mitchell Colonels, I said they were going to, remember I said last week, they were going to beat Brookings on Tuesday. I was just going to ask were, you what uh, what uh, the, the men, or the, what the boys were were doing. Mitchell, they, they, were, they were ahead at the half. They're going to lose again. It's 59-51 with seconds to go. So, I mean, 50, 50 points for them is awfully good. But they're going to lose again. Um, I, so this was their last best chance. And it's going to be, you know, two years without a win yet in the off season. That's a good two and a half years, no wins. Again, this is the Sturgis of uh, of boys basketball in the state of South Dakota. Uh, let, let's give a. Can we send some sympathy to Chicago State? Their women have lost fifty nine straight games. Like that's 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 awful. That how do you like? If I were Chicago State, I would be like, okay, we're going to pull a centenary and we're just going to go down to Division three. Like, how do they not play some terrible team, like in the non-conference, just to get a win? I, I, I don't know. I, I should look and see. I'll do that here. I'll pull up. Playing? I mean, how do you not play a Division two just to get a win? <sighs> Maybe they did and they lost. Yeah. How many people do you think go to their games? Like 10? Under 100? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, that's just... Does, does the pep band even go there? I'm sure they do, and it's just uh, loud echoes. Oh, yeah. I mean, squeaky, squeaky floor. Yeah, it's just... It's not good. Here, let, let's... Yeah. See, I mean, St. John's and Duke. Duke was ahead by, like, yeah, seven, eight points in the first half. Like, all right. No, you know, they'll win by, like, 15. And then St. John's gets a tie, and they get the lead, and it goes back and forth. It's kind of like that. It was almost like the Virginia game the week before, except with 40 more points scored on total. But then at the end, St. John's just beat them. They put up 49 in the second half, and St. John's just beat them. And I watched Illinois-Ohio State Sunday, Yeah. Uh, and Illinois damn near won that game. So so many teams that... 
I mean, Illinois and St. John's are going to finish well under 500. Um, they keep it close, but they're still just not good. They're like Illinois is probably the worst team in the Big Ten, and yeah, that Saint surprised John's me with uh, Mr. Brad Underwood. Your guy. Yep. Um, should have stayed at Oklahoma State. How about that? Yeah, you probably should have. Here's Chicago State's women's schedule here: um, Northwestern, Illinois. Jackson State. That like Jackson State's probably the team. Yeah, they lost to Jackson State. Yep, by eighteen. That was at home. Uh, oh my! They, they lost to Northern Illinois, Western Illinois, Moorhead State, uh, Western Illinois again. It was a home and home series, and they actually lost by less in uh, Macomb than they did uh, on the Chicago State home floor. Their closest game, they almost beat Wichita State. They lost by by three, sixty six, sixty three. Otherwise, they lost to Oral Roberts, Kansas State, Milwaukee, Pittsburgh, New Mexico State, and then we get into conference play, and it hasn't even been close. Uh, oh, they, they they lost by seven to Seattle at home. That's the closest non-conference game that they've had. They have failed to score 50 in every conference game other than against... 50. 50, yes. Other than against New Mexico State and Seattle. Their last seven games, last six games, excuse me, they've lost by, they lost 68 to 30 to Utah Valley. So they got beat by more than they scored. They lost 64 uh, 36 to Grand Canyon. They lost 63 49 to Cal State Bakersfield. They lost 81 44 to Texas Rio Grande Valley. They lost 63 36 to Cal State Bakersfield. They lost 59 43 to Grand Canyon. So I'm. I feel for him. I really do. But this seems like if I'm Chicago State, I gotta I gotta look at Centenary and say, you know what, we we just gotta go down. We can't keep losing like this. Can't. I think a big issue is it appears their roster has ten players. So that's uh, you're given fifteen spots. So that's not good when your roster is only two thirds full. Um Angela Jackson, head coach. 15th season? Jesus Christ. <laughs> she, how, many, how many wins do you think she has? She's the all-time wins leader. Oh, goodness. This is her 15th year. How many wins do you think she has? I'm going to... I think I'm going to go... This is probably a little high. I'm going to say she has no. 105. 131. Oh, I was going to say 115. I should have gone a little higher. Well, good for her. Maybe eight, eight a year? Not quite 10 a year. So, and, and they have a picture of her on a ladder cutting down the nets. Is that the last what game they the won? What was this? Uh, 2010-11 was their best year. They won the old Great West. Shit. Again, um, I'm not I'm not trying to, to poke fun at this because this sucks. I mean, if I, I... I feel for these players. I mean, it's, it's definitely not a... A good situation. It's tough to you know build this program up when you, or get well, these good on. recruits you know or like any decent recruits when you're losing like this. So I feel for him. I hope they get a win here soon. But I just saw it. It's at 59 straight. I'm like, wow, uh, that's pretty big when it makes you know the front page of ESPN.com. I hope they never win again. Wow, one that's cruel. One of these years, one of those years, they won 24 games. Jiminy so Christmas. In 14 years, she's won 106, closer to your number. That's great. 
yeah, that's uh, that's something, all right. Um, at what games? I would, yeah, sorry. With, with with your Cleveland thing, they're like four games from being out of the playoffs. I would say, you know, say they're only going to be like the sixth seed or something like that. Because they're only right now a game and a half away from being the sixth seed. Right. And there's not a lot of games left. There's thirty games left. Right. I I'm just telling you right now. I think Cleveland, it's it's not. I don't think, especially if they had Kevin Love, I would say, oh yeah, they'll, they'll be fine. But they don't have him. They have just an old roster. So I don't I don't think you know it's it's inconceivable to see them uh, miss the playoffs. I really don't. And can you imagine what the ratings would be like for the playoffs if Cleveland's not in? Just awful. The thing about it is, once they get into the playoffs, I mean, they're not. I don't see any team other than Boston yeah. being competitive, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't trust any. There's no back-to-back. I mean, they're an old team. They're a terrible defensive team. They uh, There's no back-to-backs in the playoffs. Right. They, have a neg- they have a negative point differential. They've given up more points this, this year than they have scored. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty bad. Pretty- they're going to lose to Orlando by 20 points. In the game in which they were ahead by 15 or 20 in the first day, 40 point swing. And you're telling me, uh, you're telling me that this team's making the playoffs. I think they're making the uh, the finals. Good God, no way. Yes, at least the Eastern Conference Finals. I hope not. I hope not. Well, but I'm sure, right. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're right. I just. Beat them. I. You know what? I. I don't you know. Washington? Washington, yeah, maybe. John Wall. Maybe Detroit. John Wall's out for like two months. This is they've won five in a row without him. This ain't Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Detroit, they get Blake Griffin, they're world beaters. Yeah. I'm telling you. They've won four in a row. Yes. Yes, they have. Uh, but yes, a, a month away anyway, uh, a month away from the Summit League Championship game, um oh. we, I don't think we're going to do a podcast next week. Um, maybe not. Uh, well, just got some stuff going on here. We're going away, taking a little family vacation. Well, family outing. My family always does something in St. Cloud. Um, no, no, no. Xavier's a white. See, I see the uh, the man with the with the two P. Has Xavier's a one seat. Jerry Palm. <laughs> no, yes. no, the other. No, that, that interests interest me a lot. Yeah, I, Xavier Xavier's good, man. They, they yeah, Makura and you know, blew it. This is this is a, a very good, very good Xavier squad. So we'll see. We'll see about next week. Otherwise, you know, hopefully we'll get one on the week after. I gotta get an SDSU podcast in here at some point as well. Talk with Matt Damon. Yeah, so we'll get that here. That's just been a little more difficult here. The blog is gonna wind down here a little bit here. Um, you know, we'll crank it back up. Uh, every once in a while, we'll spit one out, but otherwise, we'll crank it back up in full come uh, March here with, with all the conference reports. Reports, their sources close to me say stacking, contemplating retirement. Uh, no, not retirement uh, in full. Um, you're gonna you have a Chris Berman type schedule. Twice you're gonna do a you do a podcast twice a year. <laughs> oh, we'll do a podcast way more than twice a year. Uh, but maybe the blogs will be more like uh, him. Calling uh, it, him doing NFL primetime in the playoffs, 
in the Super Bowl. No, no, we'll get it. We'll we'll get it all back here. It's just just you know what, there's a little with a little tyke running around, or not. He's not running, but you gotta care for a almost a two month old. It's, it takes a little bit out of you. But anyway, SDSU's women, their resume is not. It's gone in the tanks. They were a thirty RPI team with a sixty schedule. Yep. They are now a forty one RPI team with an eighty nine schedule. So any hope I had from a week or two ago of them making it at an at large, that seemingly been gone. I think if they were to win out and lose to USD in the championship, I think they would get in. The eight, uh, uh, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, it would be 25 and 6. Um, I hope so. Yeah, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, both, both teams are playing great. Both teams are playing great. Mike Dom is unstoppable. He's over 2,000 points. He's tremendous. By the way, Toronto is crushing Boston. Um, yeah, Boston. Not not good. Patriots Wait, lose. Could you Celtics imagine? Lose. Could you, I mean, Cleveland got their ass kicked last year in the finals. Yeah. Could you imagine if Toronto made it? Huh? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah. Come that, on. Yeah. No, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry would be sitting on the bench crying at the, at the middle of the third quarter. Like, I, I never got my Spurs Warriors series with uh, Spurs at full strength. You might not get that this year either. I'm not getting that this year. Houston Golden State, that's that's the deal. Nobody's yeah. talking about their coat. But Mike D'Antoni, he did what he did with Nash yep. and Stoudemire and, and the Suns all those years ago, and they were a fun team to watch. Now he's back with Houston, and it's like a like super shredder from the Ninja Turtles jacket. That's what it is. <laughs> wow, a Ninja Turtles shredder. reference in the podcast this big, week. Were, were you a big guy back in the day? Or no, not? nope, I wasn't. Not at all. Not at all. Goddamn you. I'm sorry. But I mean, this this Houston team they they are shooting. I think they are shooting more threes than twos. Fifty one percent of their shots are three pointers. Unbelievable. Incredible and. Uh, ESPN has SCSU as the last team in as an 11 seed. As an at-large, they have USD as a 14. <laughs> that's that's great. Uh, that would be the ultimate slap in the face to USD. So, um, How about this? Yeah. Keep them, keep them as an 11, keep them as a 14, put them in the same bracket. Oh, yes. Meet, meet in the Sweet 16? That'd be the Sweet 16, right? If you're in the second round. No, second game. round, yeah. Second round. Oh, boy. Ooh, that's... And I think we talked about this Sunday, Wright State, SDSU. Let's get SDSU yes. to like a, like a 12 seed. Wright State get a 13. Yeah. Get, uh, get Wright State and SDSU. Oh, God damn. That would be fun. Oh, get get revenge on Nagy. Nagy! Nagy! <laughs> Very good. Uh, before we go... Uh, Olympics, the Winter Olympics start on oh, Thursday. <laughs> I know you are always excited by the. I know you're constantly excited by the the Olympics, and I know you you love the the summer far more than the winter. But um, the, obviously, the Winter Olympics are starting on Thursday. Are how many events will you watch? How much time will you devote to watching the Olympics? None. Not even a little? 
I do, it's my mistake. <laughs> uh, like, I mean, like, NHL guys aren't doing the hockey, so... No. No, they aren't. And that, I that's can't a shame. I've ever heard of any, I haven't heard of any of these guys. No, that, that that's totally fair. I hope the NHL comes back uh, for Beijing in 2022. That's my hope. I'm sure I'll, I'll stumble onto something at some point in the next two weeks. If you can't sleep in the middle of the night, curling will be on NBCSN at 2 a.m. So apparently all of this is live. Almost everything, I believe, is live, yes. Okay. So what are they going to put on NBC when it's the middle of the night there, but it's well, prime time here? It's, uh, well, I mean, what they will have is, I believe, um, I, I looked at this the other day. I think they have, like, figure skating is going to be a big thing. Um, but it's all going to be taped. No, nope, nope. All of the... Uh, all of like the... How, how does that work? Well, okay. you over there? Yeah, so when it's when it's prime time in here, the morning? yeah, it, it well it's past China, which is twelve hours. Like remember when when the Olympics were in Beijing, every like and they had their prime time coverage. It just about everything was live. In the morning there, um, or you know during prime time, of course other stuff, you know they'll have to tape and not everything will be live. But the thing I like about the Winter Olympics, there are fewer events that you have to keep track of. I don't have to keep track of. Ping pong and or table tennis, excuse me, fencing, you know, archery, uh, the the 10k marathon, a steeplechase. I mean, fuck, I don't know all these. Stop it with all this nonsense. This I think accounted. I don't know any of them. I don't know any of them. There are 17 events, I believe, in the you know for for the Winter Olympics. I want you. I will count how many. Uh, let me let me pull this up here. How many do you think? You would be able to get. This should have been a trivia question uh, on the yep. sports lounge on on Sunday, but we were talking about receipts. Uh, about yeah. I mean hockey. Yes. For every men's sport, is there the equivalent women's sports? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. There's not hockey. Yep. Alpine skiing? Yes. Is there something called the fucking ski jump? Uh, let's see. Oh, yes, yes. Ski jumping. Giant slalom, is that something? That is not something. Well, no, uh, that's freestyle skiing. We'll give that to you. Okay. Uh, snowboarding. Yes. Figure skating. Yes. You're at six. Does tandem figure, does team figure skating, is that a different event? Nope, uh, it's just figure skating. So there's multiple like with within the figure skating realm. But I, it, essentially it would be just like gymnastics when you have team gymnastics and then sure. single, it, everything like that. That, there's curling. Yes. Um, there's skeleton, there's the luge, yes. there's the uh, other thing, uh Jamaican bothers the bobsled. Yes. Um. There's a. Is there was what the hell was the one? The shooting, the biathlon. You, yes. And you shoot. Or yes. The fuck that. That's fuck. That. Um. What are there? Four left. Uh, I think you got six. I believe left. Six to go. 
is there anything that I've said that it's it's pretty much the same thing? Um, but just slightly different. Yes. Um. Um. Uh, what else can you do in the winter? There's hockey. Snowboard shit. Um, gotta be something else with skiing. A couple other skiing events. Nope, nope. You got all the skiing. Well, no, no. I actually, I, I take that back. Uh, there are a couple of other skiing events. What's the one where they go through the uh, through the sticks? Um, well, like the slalom. That's like alpine skiing. Okay, something like that. Yep. Oh, what else? I think I'm done. Okay. Well, I, I'm very impressed. If by my count, you got 11 here. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take a quick count. I believe there was 17. Two, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen. Wait a second. Maybe there's only 15. Maybe you were only on three, five. Maybe I got all of them. No, all you. I know you didn't get all of them. Four, eight, twelve. 15. Okay, I got 15 here. I thought there were 17. So you got 11 out of 15. I am going to give you major props for that. Uh, you, for me. You, you missed cross-country skiing. Jesus Christ. And Nordic combined skiing. Fuck this. You missed short track and speed skating. Oh, yeah. Speed, yeah, speed skating is not bad. That's like, that's like track and field. That's like track. If I had to pick an event I'd have to watch, I would watch the goddamn speech. Well, you, I mean, Apollo Antonono, you know who he is, right? He's, 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 he's got to be 35 years I don't think he. I don't think he's doing it. I don't think he did the last Olympics, but he is... There's some, what, Sean Davis? Is he some black guy that does it? No, no. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I know you know who me? you're talking about. Yeah. Um, some black guy yeah. does it. He, I saw him qualify. I don't know if he qualified or what the hell he did. Yep. I saw him do something. He's like 36. Yeah, uh, but but I mean you can watch Sean White, the flying you know tomato or the tomato can, yeah. uh, in the in snowboarding. No, you did you did very well. Um, and I think I you know speed skating. Yes, I you can equivalent that to track and field. I would also relate that to kind of like the swimming event. That seems to be like yeah. uh, so you combine uh, swimming and track and field with speed skating. Um, so yeah, I and I love the bobsled. I love the curling. I'm not as That's big. Not I'm not big into the biathlon or cross cross country and Nordic combined. They don't interest me at all. Figure skating, no thank you. Uh, ski jumping, not so much. I'll still watch it. Even the alpine skiing, it's okay. It's not great. I love the bobsled, the uh, the luge, the uh, speed skating. And snowboarding isn't even that. You know, skeleton's very intriguing to me, and of course the hockey and the curling. So. I'm really interested in only like half the events, maybe a little more, but I will still watch as much as I can. And I'm really hoping. Bob, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like the Bob said in illusions, that's all the same thing. Essentially, yeah. Yep. So that's that's all right. That's not terrible. Uh, speed skating isn't terrible. Hockey's okay, even though I haven't heard of any of them. Right. Um. But this won't it? It'll have like a 1980 Miracle on sure. Ice type feel because. Those guys were all college kids. Well, good. And then there's the... Uh, I watched the, some qualifying for the uh, the ski jump because I think it's just ridiculous how high they're at. Just ridiculous. Right? I how, how they don't break... How, how, how do you not break your legs every time? How do you practice that? Like, do you just do it in a, a pit? And how do you gradually get from, sure like, you, a foam pit to, you know, ice? Ice, you know... Hard snow, hard packed snow. You just do it, and then you gradually get better. 
Oh, well, after like so, ten broken legs. Yeah, I don't know how they do that. So uh, Iowa is tied with Michigan State at twenty-six. Disgusting, Michigan disgusting. State. Disgusting. Iowa is an awful team. This is bad as well. So they're going to be a. a I think they're a team though uh, that. You need to watch out for next year. They have a lot of young guys. I do. I, I mean, I think I think the three I schools from the Big Ten are all making the tournament next year. Illinois, Indiana, and Iowa. Guess how many points Cleveland scored in the fourth? Well, a 15. I think I saw, right? Nine. 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 Yuck. No, they had 98, I thought. Yeah. Weren't they at 83 at the end of three? Yeah. No, they were at uh, 89. Oh. They scored nine points. That's, they scored 43 in the first quarter. That's that's not good. Uh, currently, something right now... Called, it was a John, something called Jonathan Simmons scored 34 points and seven rebounds. Yeah. Is he a Florida State guy? Who's this guy? I don't know. No, the, uh, you're thinking of Isaac. Houston. Houston. He's some guy, second-year player from Houston. <laughs> Scored three or four points. Right now, the time in Pyeongchang, they're 15 hours ahead of us in the central time zone. So when NBC begins their primetime coverage at 7 p.m., it will be 10 a.m., so plenty of events will get started. So, yeah, they'll have... It, it's it's gonna, 11.30 right now. Yes. In the morning. Uh, yes. Wednesday. And it's it's weird because you know when they do their daytime TV, it's going to really be like three o'clock in the morning. I wonder if Al Michaels is going to Pyeongchang. I wonder if Chris Collinsworth is headed there. That's why Tariko wasn't would, on the. Uh, you know, is Dan Patrick going? I'd like to see Dan Patrick go. Mm, I don't know. Al Michaels, and I can't imagine he'd go. Chris Collinsworth. 20% mm-hmm. chance. St. Patrick, I haven't heard, I would assume yes, but I haven't, I mean, I watched the show. I mean, that, that, that's why Tariko wasn't uh, at the at Minneapolis, because he was in yeah, South Korea getting ready. Yeah, you, you gotta get ready for this. You gotta get ready for this stuff. Does Bob Co- Is Bob Costas even going this year? I don't think so. No. I think he's done. I would say he's, yeah. I mean, he's obviously not doing football anymore. Right. And uh, he's not doing the Olympics. I mean, he's... He's, he's strictly baseball, baseball and horse racing. I, uh, I don't know if he'll even... I think, you know, with NBC, I think he's he's pretty much done, I would, I would guess. Possibly. He's he's older. He's getting there. Time to hand the reins yeah, off to he, Mike Tirico. Yeah. And then the combo of Nathan Stacken and Travis Krins waiting in the wings. That's right. Get, ex- get it done. Get excited about the Olympics, Krins. Get excited. Uh, by the way, if you watch the opening ceremony on Friday, it will take significant. Oh, <laughs> It'll take significantly less time for all the countries to walk in since you know than it does the summer because there's only going to be like you know 50, 60 countries competing. Ten countries. Yeah, no, it's probably more than ten. But I mean, for, cr- for crying out loud, North Korea's got like three hundred sixty-three cheerleaders for two you know figure skaters. Opening ceremonies are they bad, terrible, and bad. Hey, uh, China in the Summer Olympics, so uh, at two thousand eight, that was pretty good. I have no idea what happened. Um, yeah, that's, that's yeah. What else? I think that's it. All right. 
Sounds good. I will let you know about next week. I don't think we'll have one, but we'll try and get one here in a couple of weeks to talk uh, extensively about college basketball. Since basketball. It'll be, it's right, it's, basketball. And I'm sure. And I want a scouting combine report uh, from you, a pre pre NFL scouting combine report uh, due two weeks from tonight. I'd rather watch the Olympics. <laughs> Very good. If that's what I have to get you to watch the Winter Olympics, then so be it. So be it. Say hello to Jeff Floyd, aye, aye. Will do. Uh, I'm going to guess this time next year he'll be doing a 49ers podcast. Good. He very well could. You never know. Maybe he'll do both. Maybe he'll do Browns and 49ers. Sure. There's lots of things to talk about because, um, you know, it's February. Yeah. <laughs> football. Football season. That is prime football season. <laughs> All right. Very good, Kranz. Thank you so much, as always. All right. We will uh, we'll see you when we see you. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Travis Kranz yeah. joined us here. Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate the time, as always. Uh, yeah, probably no show next week here. Um, we'll do a blog every once in a while. Uh, podcast, though. Um, kind of maybe taking a slight break back burner here to the olympics potentially we'll see i'm very excited for the olympics uh you know i love all the i love the winter olympics more than the summer in part there are fewer events two i just like the outdoor i like the winter sports more i like the curling i love the hockey i wish the you know the nhl players were playing this year uh hopefully they're back in 2022 but that'll be interesting speed skating's great um yeah you got the bobsled the luge uh the skeleton, everything. It's just great. I love watching this, and uh, hopefully it'll be a great few weeks here. Uh, you can find, uh, go to NBCOlympics.com. They have everything that you need, you know, schedules, TV, uh, medal count, athlete, everything. Go to NBCOlympics.com. It's great. You can watch it on NBC, NBCSN, what CNBC has stuff, USA. They got it all. Don't Nothing on MSNBC, but again, fewer events. Don't need to televise as much, so... That's great. Um, again, Eagles win Super Bowl 52-41-33 over the Patriots. Uh, big news, though, Josh McDaniels not taking the job, the head coaching position in Indianapolis, so he's going to return to New England. Matt Patricia did such a good job stopping that Eagles defense, he got named the Detroit Lions head coach. So kudos to him. Uh, Nick Foles, we'll see where he goes. And, uh, yeah, enjoy the college basketball. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the NBA trade de- trade deadline if you so choose. Uh, the Cavs stink right now, so they're going to continue to tank. Uh, it's going to be fun when they don't make the playoffs, I hope. Uh, but uh, as always, you can find this podcast available on iTunes. Just uh, search the Sports Block podcast. Otherwise, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Andy Stack, and otherwise on Facebook, Nathan Stack. And we have a link post or a link to the podcast posted middle to later part. Of each week, SDSU podcast will be coming here at some point here in the near future. Talk with uh, Matt Zimmer, see what uh, what he get his thoughts on the basketball seasons thus far. As March fast approaches, again a month, less than a month away from the start of the Summit League tournament, and March Madness is right around the corner. Can't wait. Um, enjoy the Olympics again. Well, we'll sure we'll, if we have a podcast before the Olympics are done. We'll be talking a lot about that. College basketball is so much more. Uh, as always, thank you to Travis uh, for for helping with this fine podcast. Appreciate his uh, time, perspective. Uh, as always, great stuff. Hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. No more football, but we got Olympics, college basketball. 
the hockey, the basketball, spring training, I guess, the uh, pitchers and catchers report, so that's fantastic. But uh, thank you, as always, for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Again, can now be found on iTunes. Um, we'll talk to you here in the near future. Uh, Nathan Sacken saying thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you soon here on the Sports Block Podcast. <laughs>